0: we can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We can do better than that. Amen. The free gift. The free gift. Let us appreciate them and let us appreciate God in their lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Tell the person, welcome once again to Jesus House Toronto. Tell someone close by, welcome to Jesus House Toronto. Welcome to the Joy Center. We are the parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. God has ordered your steps. I want to prophesy into your life. You will not live here empty handed. Amen. You will receive a double portion. And the presence of God will go with you and that which you receive shall be permanent. Amen. 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 I, I believe that we need to also thank God for all the testimonies that have been given. And I believe that uh, those testimonies will continue to be established. And they will provoke the faith. You know, testimonies are faith provoker, faith booster. You know, it challenges the faith of others. And when they hear of your testimony, others will say, if God has done it for him or her, he will do it for me. Amen. And I just want to quickly add uh, three of my testimonies. The first one happened on the day of the storm. How many of us remember the day of the storm? That's Wednesday. You know, uh, we have been waiting for each time. They say there's a storm coming, no show. But they were show sure that day. Amen and uh, we I was coming from Oshawa heading west and I was on a 407 and it was really really bad and uh, somewhere along the line I knew that I'd lost control of the vehicle. The vehicle was just floating you know you see everything in slow motion and you can see what will happen eventually. Either the car spins around or the car Knocks the next next vehicle, another vehicle hits. You can just be, you can just see everything in, you know, you're just uh, almost like you are preempting. And as I was seeing everything in slow motion, I looked at my mirror and a truck was coming right behind me. And I know that that truck is not going to press any brake. You know, I just said, God, help me. And suddenly the vehicle stabilized. And nobody had to tell me to leave that lane. <laughs> it, God is good. I said, God is good. I knew there, could have, there was nothing I could do, but there was a divine intervention. And everything, when you know that you have lost control, I, I know some of us have experienced that. You are just waiting for the, the next thing to happen. Amen? But God took control. Amen? And the next one was on Saturday. I was going for a wedding. My wife and I were going for a wedding. She was in a vehicle. And I came out and I was about, I came out of the house. And I was coming down the staircase outside. And suddenly, I began to see another slow motion. (laughs) Of, you know, I'm sure those that have fallen down know you're just seeing everything in slow motion and you are lifted up and uh, the glory of God is above. I knew that I was going to slam on the step and on the ground, but God gave me balance. Nobody told me to go back in and change my shoes. (laughs) You don't get uh, told, you don't take grace for granted. I went back and I wore Something no fashionista, something rugged. <laughs> Amen. And I worked around the wedding. <laughs> the last one is uh, today. Today is uh, the wedding anniversary of myself and that. That beautiful lady. We came together, we came together. Amen. We came together. And uh, we thank God for all that he has done over the years. And we really appreciate him. God has been our strength. God has been there for us. We thank God. All these testimonies, we could go on and on. But these are just three testimonies. And I know you also have yours. It can only be God. And if we appreciate God, we get more. Because we know that it's not us. We didn't wake ourselves. Did you wake yourself up? You think you do. You did, but you didn't. God woke you up. You thought that noise, the sound, the light. No, that happens in a mortuary. It happens in a graveyard. People don't arise. We're not mocking them, but it is only God that wakes us up on a daily basis because there is a purpose. And when God delivers us from all sorts of calamities, it is because God has a purpose. Listen carefully. God has never lost control he would always be in control. The only thing we need to do is to trust him and put our lives in him. Uh, you get into a situation, you could begin to scream and all that, but just remember God is in control. Call upon him and he would answer and he would intervene. And one of the things that was little over my heart when I began to play back all those things that have happened, it's just answered prayers. God answers prayers. Prayers work. God would always respond. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received it and you will have it. You don't have to see it first. Because impossibility is not in God's dictionary. The Bible says for with God, all, not some things, all things are possible. Another scripture in uh, in, uh, Romans 8, 28. And I'm sure you are familiar with it. It says, and we know, and we know all things, not some things. All things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God is no respecter of persons. He will do it for you. God's miracles are repeatable. He will do yours. Just embrace him. And say unto God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God will bless you, and you will share your testimony. I want us to just thank God for the testimonies where we've had. I thank God for the testimonies we have not had. Thank God for the testimonies that are still in the process. They're being made. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory. We'll give you all the honor. I thank you for my testimony. I thank you for my wife and I's testimony. I thank you for our family testimony. I thank you for the testimony of every one of your children. I thank you for the testimony of our nation. Thank you God because you are working all things together for good. We say let your will be established. Let your will prevail let your purpose be fulfilled and let your name alone be glorified. Take all the glory Lord in Jesus' might and we will pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I just want us to quickly look at the scripture Matthew 16. Uh we are continuing with the white church series. Uh time is far spent. Why church. White church and uh, we've decided to make it a series. We spoke about this last uh, Sunday. We'll just quickly look at Matthew 16, verse 18. Matthew 16, verse 18. And Jesus Christ saying to Peter, he says, I say also unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And this is Jesus Christ saying, I will build my church. I will build my church. And why? So that the gates of hell, so that all the opposition, the hindrances, the limitation, the frustration, the delays, all the things that the enemy wants to throw against it will not prevail against it. And that's why the psalmist says, many times have they afflicted me from my youth, but they never prevailed against me. They will try, but they will fail. And the same thing the psalmist says, if it had not been for God on our side, if it had not been for God on our side, when men arose, they would have swallowed me up quick. Jesus Christ is telling Peter, listen carefully. My church has to be built. I own the church. I will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And when we talk about the church... We explained that the church is not all about the building, the structure, the denomination, the church are the people of God. And what did we say when we were saying what is a church last week? what is a church? We said one that the church is a family for those who were who have been saved. The church. Is a family for those who are being saved. Because as we are looking for salvation that has been given by God. The gift of salvation. The family is where we are going to be translated into. When we are saved, we become members of the family with his The church and two we said the church are the people of God and the family of God's people and it's a privilege to be part of this family it's a spiritual family we have a biological family but God himself has deemed it fit that we become part of one family and that's what the church is and one of the things we try to emphasize is if we do not know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. If we do not know that the church is a, family for, uh, is a family for those who are being saved, then we take it for granted. If we do not know that the church is a family of God, the people of God, then we take it for granted. Also, we said the church is the body of Christ and Jesus is the head. A body has to have a head to be alive. And a head needs a body to function. So we said last week that the church is the body of Christ and Jesus is our head. And when we understand all this, then we understand that we are not here just for the socials. We're not just here to just hang out. We're not just here because there's nothing else to do. We're not just here because it is free admission. We're here because we consider ourselves members of God's own family. We're here because we are wanting to become part of those that are to be saved. We are here because we know that we are the body of Christ and Christ is our head. And when we know this, then we walk in line with what God wants us to do. And today we are going to talk about the purposes of church. And as I said, it's important to know the purpose of a thing. We're talking about the purposes of church because there's someone here that is probably asking himself or they have had the question, why is church important? Why am I in church? Why do I come to church? Why don't I just stay on my own? Why should I be in church today? Remember I said you are a member of the family. And this is a family gathering. You are a member of the family. They are joining a family of those that want to be saved. So when you come to church, you want to ensure that you do all that is required so that you can be truly Become a member of the family. You don't want to be those that come and say, well, I'm just here. I'm doing a pastor a favor. I'm doing my friend a favor. When they finish, let me just go. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to know anybody. They don't do that in families. You don't come to the family house and just act as if you are, you are, you are, not, you are not part of it. Nobody's doing you a favor and you're not doing anybody a favor. You are here for God and if we know that we are here for God, God says in his word, the two most important commandments is to love God with all your heart, with all your might, all your strength. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Every other commandment is tied up with this. And when we gather it is to fulfill the commandment of God, because Jesus Christ Himself says, "Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. So when we are gathered, we are in the process of being built. Tell someone, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the process, and God would build me spiritually. God will build me physically. God will build me financially, God will build me academically, God will build me mentally, in every area, maritally, God will build me. And that's why when we gather in the church, we leave here value added. Let's look at the first reason, the purpose of the church. And I'll quickly try to rush and cover as much as possible. First of all, one, we are here to worship God. You're not here for the pastor. You're not here for your family. You're not here for your friend. You are here because you have come for God to worship God. We know the story in Matthew chapter 2 where the wise man left All that they were doing. Left family. All they were seeking is to find the king. The king that has been born. So that they can worship him. And they did find him. And they did worship him. And their lives were never the same. Listen carefully. Worship is not just only in singing. Worship is everything. Giving him everything. Bringing our lives unto him. Throwing a Submitting unto him. Let's look at the scripture in John 4. John 4 verses 23 and 24. Because when you worship God, you must be focused. Worship helps us to focus. It brings us into God's presence. It lets us know that the ultimate purpose in our relationship with God, now and forevermore, now and eternally, is to worship God. And John 4. 23 20, 24, John chapter 4 23 and 24 and Jesus Christ telling the woman at the well of Samaria it says but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth they must worship him without being distracted and if the scripture is talking about true worshipers, it means they are false worshipers. If the scripture is talking about those that will worship him in spirit and in truth, that those are the ones that God is looking for. Those that will worship him from the depths of their heart, worship him with everything. Then there are those that don't do that. And the Bible says God is particular about who is looking for true worshipers. So if you seek God in a place of worship and God is looking for those that will worship him, there must be a point of encounter. And your life will never be the same. I say your life will never be the same. Don't be distracted. When you come into the family of God, don't be distracted. You are here, forget about the 90% sale in the bay on God as you worship God, your your, your worship, your life begins to transform as you worship God, your emotions your, your physical, your mental everything begins to transform because you receive strength from worship why? because you are connecting unto him and when you connect unto him, virtue must transfer power must transfer, strength must transfer Because you know that it is not you, it is God. Apostle Paul says, It is in Him we live, we move, and have our being. Without Him, we can do nothing. The second reason is we're here for fellowship. We're here for fellowship. We are here to be together. We are here to ensure that we are encouraging each other. We are supporting each other. We are learning from each other. We are adding value to the lives of each other. We are are being able to be accountable to each other. We are here to fellowship. And what's our fellowship? Our fellowship is vertical and horizontal. Our fellowship is with God and our fellowship is with each other. Because it says, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So don't think that your fellowship, I know God, but I do not want to know any of his children. I don't want to fellowship. Then you have missed it. I don't have to go into that. Because if you love God, then you will love your neighbor. If you do not love God, then you cannot love your neighbor. And it's important with your fellowship because as we fellowship, our, our, our lives get warmer. Our life is not cold. Our life and what is happening out there, a lot of mental health issue is because that fellowship, that family environment, people are isolated. People are lonely and the devil is telling them all sorts of negative things, evil things, dark things. The scripture says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Talking about fellowship. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So consider one another. It's not about you alone, it's about one another. It's not just about bless me blessing. It is about being able to be a blessing. And the scripture says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. But exhorting one another so much that they move. So much that the more as you see the day approaching. Because we need one another. I cannot do what you can do. Or you cannot do what I can do. But together we can do great things. We want to go far. So we will go together. If you want to go fast, you go alone. But when you want to go far, you go together. And that's why we need each other. And as we support each other, as we lift each other's hands up, then victory will be ours. One will put a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand. There is a power of agreement. We need someone to encourage us. The person encouraging us might not be able to help us, but they are there to encourage us that it will get better. Things will change. The circumstances care. Okay. Be patient. God will do yours also. When the Bible says it is not good for man to be alone, right? In Genesis 2, 18, it is also not just for marital purposes. It is for all purposes. It is not good for anybody to be isolated and to be alone. When you are isolated and being alone, anybody that has been locked up in a prison year, isolated and being alone, they now realize they are getting crazy because it turns you into something else. Your natural habitat is not in isolation. Man started fellowshipping with God from day one. When he was created, to because he was not meant to be alone. And God himself now looked and said, it is still not good for him to be alone. As he's fellowshipping with me, he needs to fellowship with another person. So he created a wife for him. So the wife, he has a wife. Then a family comes. Then other people come and he's interacting and adding value to others as they add value to himself. Three, another reason why we are gathered, why we are in church is discipleship. When we are discipled, it helps us to fortify our faith. It helps us to know where we are going to. If you do not submit yourself to being discipled then if you are going the wrong direction there's nobody there to point you to go the right direction if you are going the way direction of oshawa when you should be heading to mississauga i'm i'm not sure how you can eventually get to mississauga There has to be someone in the process of discipleship that will tell you, you are going the wrong direction. Because if you choose to continue to go, and you continue to go, listen carefully, you are going to get to Kingston. You are going to get to Ottawa. And I wonder what Mississauga you are going to find there. You have to get to a point that you are under discipleship. Your faith is being fortified. You are being pointed in the right de- direction. You are learning the truth in God's word. You are building up yourself. There is some discipline. At the same time, you are also accountable. It is the same thing that happens in the natural family. My parents have gone to join the Lord. But I I know particularly they emphasize when I'm leaving the family, going somewhere, going to school. The first thing they tell you is know who you are. They also tell you don't forget where you come from. They also tell you don't forget the purpose why you are going to school. They're just reminding you so that you ensure that you are disciplined, so that you are discipled under their their parental guidance. They also say, don't forget what you can do. You can do it. The people there are not better than you. And lastly, they tell you, don't forget the goal, your vision. You're not just going to hang out there. You have a purpose. Don't forget the goal. Don't forget the vision. When people isolate themselves, it's difficult to disciple them because they are not accountable to anybody. Nobody can talk to them. Nobody can direct them. Nobody can instruct them. And whatever they think they know, then that's what they are going to hold on to, even though they might not be walking in the truth. 10, 17 Faith says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. so it means that you need to hear the Word of God over and over and over and over and over and your faith begins to rise, it rises, it rises, it rises, rises and it becomes active. The spoken word provokes your faith and puts you into action. You do not know why you are doing it, but you know God has said it and you act upon it. It all comes from being discipled. And some of the part of being disciple is when we become workers or we serve in the household of God. Because as we serve in the household of God, there is no how you cannot know the God that you are serving. Apostle Paul says in Acts 27, it says the God that I belong to and the God that I serve has told me there shall be no loss of life. Because we all belong to God but we do not all serve God because we have not submitted so that we can be built up spiritually and make a significance, make an impact in life. John 8 verses 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. John 8, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And this is Jesus. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. Jesus Christ said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. If you submit yourself to be discipled, then you are my disciples indeed. Uh, You will receive the revelation of the truth. And that revelation will set you free. You know, uh, for those of us, for those that have gone gone to uh, one education institution or the other, we know that reading alone, it takes a lot of discipline. Reading with others helps you. Why? Because they challenge you. As i said just quickly say a funny one. I remember when I was in a university and uh, I was staying in a room with uh, some other roommates that they leave early to go and study. I'm still in the room. By the time I come back, they are not there. And I was wondering, what am I doing here? Am I being serious? So I now began to head back to the class. And people began to read and begin to read. And one day, one, uh, one guy got tired of reading. And he came to the room and looked at everybody studying and said, It is funny, everybody is studying, but not everybody here will pass. (laughs) So it was basically saying some people were wasting their time. (laughs) But I was challenged. I don't care about that. If nobody passes, I will pass. Why? Because I'm not wasting my time. And the same thing applies. If I serve God, if I know God, if I submit to God, I'm not wasting my time. Some person might think I'm wasting my time. But I know. It's too late for anybody to tell me that God is not faithful. I know that I know. And my testimony is when they are called, I know that I know that it is God. Tell someone you will pass. <laughs> You are not wasting your time. You will pass. So just continue to study. You know, after that young man said that, some people just, well, it's true. Let me just, they just pack their books. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't quit on God. You will pass this exam of life but you have to press on you, have to, you, you don't want to worry you don't want to tire, you don't want to faint why? because God has put you in the family that would encourage you listen carefully, some of us would have not got where we are if our members of our family, our siblings, our parents did not keep on pushing us because there would always be time you want to give up and we keep on pushing people because you need to continue to be built up. And let's go to the next one. Four, ministry. Ministry helps you and that is serving God. It helps you to develop your talent. It uses all the skills. It brings out the very best, your potentials. And for, one thing that people have forgotten is that when you learn some skills, those skills are transferable. A lot of us are doing so much in the church, but when you are asked to fill your resume, you do not put that you are you are leading a team. You are doing this for the church. You are voluntary. You do not put it. You are depriving yourself because you assume that the work that you are doing in that one-man office is a lot better and bigger than the work you are doing here. For years, you are leading, you are guiding, you are listen carefully. Every time I pick up the microphone, it is already built up my skill anywhere I go I can speak in the public if I go to an office I can speak in the public Yet, same thing you can do that because it is already built not everybody is doing what you are doing so that when they demand that of you in the office they are afraid but you are not afraid you have already been built by ministry you have already been prepared by ministry it is all for you to go and manifest there it's all listening to me There's a scripture in Colossians 4, 17. Colossians four seventeen, And it's a lovely scripture that I always quote. It says, and said to Archibos, take it of the ministry that you have received of the Lord, that you may fulfill it. There's something that God has given unto you that others cannot do. And if you know that you have a gift that others cannot do, it is giving of the Lord. And why have you chosen not to use it in the house of the Lord? We are looking for skills. We are looking for people in admin. We are looking for ushers. We are looking for choir. We are looking for protocol. We are looking for technical. We are looking for those that will work in the children's church. We are looking for people that will do various things. Information desk, social media. We need those things. Because if Jesus Christ says he will build this church, then he will use you and I to build this church. We are also looking for resources, human resources, financial resources, because when we talk about financial resources, God has to prosper his people to prosper his work. And who are the people? He has to prosper you. He has to build you up and whatever is built into you, whatever value has been added onto you in ministry, it cannot be taken away from you because there are skills that you have learned and they are transferable. 2 Timothy 1, chapter 6, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. I remind you, my brother, stir up that gift. It's already in you. The potential is in you. Stir it up and use it. Don't keep it. Don't waste it. Use it. If you are not using it, then you lose it. Another reason is evangelism. It helps us to reach out to our friends, family, neighbors for Jesus Christ. It helps us to expand the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Acts 1.8, when you receive power, when the Holy Ghost falls upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. God wants us to be witnesses. The best way you can retain your salvation is to share it. Don't hide your salvation. Unless you do not believe in the gift of Jesus, the gift of life. Don't hide your salvation as you share it. Then you know that you are already doing God's work and God himself has to bless you to bless others. And lastly the purpose of church is prayers whatsoever you desire when you pray believe that you have received it Mark eleven twenty four. 24 the effectual father and prayer of the righteous man avails much the Bible says we should pray without ceasing because prayer works and when we gather in church and pray we become more powerful We are able to make more impact. We are able to utilize the power of agreement. God himself said concerning the Tower of Babel, those building the Tower of Babel for an evil purpose, that because these ones are of one mind, nothing can be withheld from them. Now you and I have to get together in prayer and pray. Concerning personal needs, concerning corporate needs, concerning church needs, concerning national needs, concerning the needs of our neighborhood, of our cities, then we become more powerful. Ordinary men and women become extraordinary. I want us to rise up on our feet. I want us to pray. Time is fast spent. I want us to pray. we are gathered all the things that I've spoken about are the purpose and reason why we're here. But as we ended with a prayer, I want us to pray, one, that the captives, wherever they are, and there are a lot of people being held captives, wherever they are, they will be set free. I want to pray also that whoever is sick, whether in the hospital, at home, whether critical, minor, whether emergency, whether they have already given them a terminal, uh, a, a, a time that they will pass on. We want to pray that the sick will be healed. They would arise, they will walk. That hospital is not their residence. That hospital room is not their bedroom. That hospital bed is not their bed. We want to pray that the sick, wherever they are, Whether they know they are or they do not know. We want to pray that they will be healed. God says he will restore health and heal everyone. And we also want to pray that whoever is unsaved will be saved. will receive their salvation because that's why we are a church to ensure that we have open hands we are not just being blessed we want others to be blessed whether you know them or you do not know them whether they are within canada or outside canada listen your prayers are not restricted by geographical boundaries your prayers do not need a passport wherever you call upon the lord whoever the person is wherever they are God is able to touch them. I want you to begin to pray. Let us begin to pray right now. As a church, as a family, we are concerned because others out there need to be part of this family. We want to pray that whatever the enemy is using to afflict them, you remember the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Wherever the gates of hell has been prevailing against some, we want to pray against it. We want to pray that whoever is held captive, whether mentally, whether spiritually whether fiscally whether by terrorist action whether by criminal action whether kidnappers whoever is being held captive whether by indoctrination or manipulation we want to pray that they will be set free they will walk in freedom and liberty they will know the truth and the truth will set them free now i want you to stretch forth your hands and we in the spirit just touch anyone that is sick No matter what the doctors have said, we thank God for doctors, we thank God for medication, we thank God for all that is required. But we know that God himself is able to complete whatever he has started. Let us begin to stretch for the hands and begin to pray for the sick. Whatever has been said, we want to believe the Lord's report that that body organ, that tissue, that bone, that marrow, that nerve, that muscle, that blood cell, that part of the body it will be healed it will be restored it will be made whole it will be made complete in the name of jesus touch them wherever they are oh god let this ones be brand new from the hair crown of the head to the soles of the feet let every deposit every seed every property of the enemy be flushed out of their system in the name of jesus Lastly, I just want us to pray for those that are yet to be saved. The Bible says some people came to a Paul and said, What, was, what, what should we do to be saved? And it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Believe. The Bible says, He that believes in Jesus Christ will not be put to shame. I want us to pray. There are some here that are yet to be saved, there are some online that are yet to be saved. All it means is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is giving your life to Jesus Christ. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And he has given his very best. And your very best is your life. If you love God, you reciprocate by giving your life unto him. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin and rose on the third day, then you are submitting your life unto him. You are confessing your sins. You are asking for forgiveness. And you are being welcomed into the family of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, if there be any, oh God, that are yet to give their lives, let them be convicted by your spirit. Let them be convicted. Let, oh God, their salvation not be by persuasion. Let it not be by manipulation. Let it not be by coercion. Let their salvation be as a result of your conviction. Touch them, oh God. And let them, whether on location or on site, online, let them fall at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let them submit and receive the assignment that the Lord has prepared for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh God, for whoever is yet to give their lives, I pray, oh God, for their salvation this day. I pray for their salvation this weekend. I pray for their salvation this week. I pray for their salvation this month. Father, touch them. Whatever, wherever they are on the road to Damascus. Father, let them fall off the high horses of pride, of arrogance, of rebellion and let them fall at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Let them, oh God, be brand new and start a new life. Thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. Amen. Congratulate someone beside you and please be seated. Uh, if you're desirous of giving your life to Jesus, please come to the front seats after the service. We would like to meet with you, pray with you, and be able to guide you. It's part of being a member of this family and any church family. It is a family of those that are being saved. And I believe that your salvation would not be lost even as you abide within the family and if you abide within the word of God. The Lord will continue to help you, build you, support you, encourage you, and lift you up in Jesus' name. God bless you mightily. Congratulate someone. Amen. Amen.